Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline Podcast. Uh, I think this is the first time we've ever released an episode on Halloween. So happy Halloween! Happy Halloween. I hope you eat lots of sweets and have a spooky time. My name's Kaylee, and I'm joined by my co-host, Oshin. Hello. And we're going to fill your Halloween with some spooky stories, so eat some sweets while you're watching this one, I guess. <laughs> I wish I could, like, supply some sweets. Do you have any recommendation for your, like, favorite sweets for Halloween, Oshin? Or candy, as Americans call it? Oh, sweets. I have a... Mm. You don't have a favorite? No, I, I'm i really boring when it comes to sweets. I like strawberry-flavored things, normally. What does um, that mean? What do you mean? What does it mean? Like strawberry flavored? Well, like sweets. strawberry flavored. Like what sweet though? Like strawberry lollipop? Like what? Uh, I maybe it was because it was just they were given to us at at the horror maze. I like those, you know, those those cheap. It's like like the maum bars. Oh yeah, maums are pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Is that yeah, like, like is that like taffy? Is that what that is? I don't know. It's kind of like yeah, like a I don't, I don't know <laughs> what it actually is. It's, it's like, like a, a soft kind of chewy sweet. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm more of a chocolate person. I'll eat a chocolate bar over sweets any day. I can't eat chocolate, really. It gives me a sore mouth. Oh, you're such a baby. <laughs> oh, my God. You're one of those boring kids that actually likes getting nuts and fruit, aren't okay, you, when you no, trick-or-treat? That, I'm going to come out here about the nuts. You're going to come out about nuts? <laughs> no. Uh, so I don't like I don't like peanuts from one end really? of the year to the other. Yeah. Except for Halloween and only as monkey, monkey nuts. nuts. But... Yeah, baby. So in the house... A big bag of monkey nuts. Great. I'm going to tug into them now. I'm going to have time of my life. Nah, they were roasted monkey nuts. <gasps> I didn't know you could even get roasted monkey nuts. I'm sure some people enjoy them, but no, it's not it. I think I like the taste it's of peanuts, ruined but your it's, ruined, it's ruined <laughs> by being roasted. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. I really like monkey nuts. It's kind of it's kind of the ritual of like peeling them and yeah. it's all fun. Yeah. It's very nostalgic. Yeah. I get them every year, even though I'm not a huge fan of the taste. I'll just eat them because I, <laughs> it reminds me of being a kid. Uh, did you ever get like when you, because when we were younger, like you'd go trick or treating and you would you would actually get nuts and coins. and like, Oh, fruit. yeah. Yeah. We had the ones that are like, we used to just call them hammer nuts because you used to have to break them open with a hammer. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> I don't walnuts. know what they were I even called. Walnuts. I think it was a walnut. Yeah. They kind of look like brains. we just called them hammer nuts. Like, it didn't even matter what shape it was. If it was a nut that was hard, yeah. we called it a hammer yeah. nut. <laughs> We'd, yeah, engage um, in some amount of destruction, just firing it off things, trying to yeah. it in. <laughs> I love making chocolate apples. That's my favorite thing to do at Halloween. Or ca- uh, caramel apples. Mmm, so good. I remember um, one year I, I heated up a load of like sugar on the stove till it melted. I was like, I'll make my own sweets. And uh, Oh my god. Yeah, no, it was... You didn't add anything else, just sugar. Uh, no, no, there was no sort of flavoring. It was, I was just like. <laughs> no, but it, you're supposed to put like butter in it and stuff, aren't you? Like sugar, butter, and a little bit of water. It depends to make, what you're like, making. Caramel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. make caramel. No, it turns out I was just like. You're just making glass. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sugar. much sugar glass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God. I managed to set fire to the uh, the flicks on the telephone. Oh my god, how? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> Who just let you unsupervised to make your own candy? Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's, a, that's enough of a horror. So today in the podcast, we're going to be covering a place in America known as the Superstition Mountains. Have Ooh. you ever heard of the Superstition Mountains before, Rasheen? I haven't. This is one of those places that kind of has a little bit of everything in it. 
I've been meaning to cover it for a while. I first heard about it years ago when I was researching something else. And it's a wild place with a pretty ancient history. So it's it's really fascinating. I think you're going to like it because it's got a lot of, um, you know, prospecting gold digger stories. So Yeehaw. That seems like it's kind of your vibe of it. Yeehaw. Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> so the Superstition Mountains are located in Arizona, just east of Phoenix, like really, really close to Phoenix, actually. And it's this beautiful mountain range with a very distinct shape. The mountains don't like have a typical slope like you'd picture a mountain. It's more like a cliff face that just kind of rises straight up. Okay. So experts believe that the Superstition Mountains were formed around 18 million years ago by volcanic activity. At one stage, it was an active volcano that collapsed in on itself. And like after millions of years of like rain and wind, it kind of eroded. So it has these strange peaks to them. Mm -hmm. The mountains have various names, including the Crooked Top Mountains, Thunder Mountain, and the Mountain of Foam. The local Native Americans were described as superstitious about the mountains, and that's where the name comes from. The farmers in the area christened the mountains with its current name in 1860. And I'll send you a picture of the mountains so you can take a look. So that's what they look like. They're kind of like this, almost just like cliff faces, to be honest. That's that's crazy looking. It is. It's very distinct and um, weird looking. They're kind of, they're way bigger than they look in that picture. Like that picture makes them look like a kind of small enough mountain range, but this is huge. They're really, really tall. And the picture just doesn't do it justice. These mm-hmm. mountains are really treacherous and huge. So the inhabitants over time included the Salado, the Hohokam, and the Apache tribes, Spanish explorers, and early Americans. So there is like a long history of this place. It is very important part of the Pima tribe folklore. And interestingly enough, it actually plays a part in their folklore's version of the Great Flood. So for people who don't know, the Great Flood is not just something that's mentioned in like the Bible or the you know, the Christian Bible. Mm. Loads of different cultures have their own version of the Great Flood. Ireland has folklore about the Great Flood. Aboriginal Australians have a great flood story. It's very common across the globe. Like, we could honestly do an episode of the podcast about just Great Flood stories because it's so strange that every culture has this story. But this is the story from the Pima tribe tells and it involves the superstition mountains. So in the Pima legend of the Great Flood, the Earthmaker, which is like their god. I don't know why it's called that. It's just like the person who made the earth. Makes became sense. annoyed with people who had become selfish and quarrelsome and decided to drown them. You know, as any good god would do. Yep. But he spared one man whose name was Suha and his wife. And he told them to build an ark. And after the flood, the ark settled on the top of the mountain, which was later named Superstition Mountain. And Suha and his wife went down into the valley and started the tribe of the Pima tribe. Suha later killed Hauk, who was an evil spirit or an evil one who lived behind the mountain. But it's still commonly believed in their folklore that the evil spirit still lurks behind the superstition mountain. So even from like its earliest stories, these mountains are, they're a scary place to be. You know, you don't want to be walking around these mountains by yourself. It's like uh, ready to peep up over the top. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have lots of places like that here where you're just like, you're not supposed to go. Yeah. But this, I feel like this makes more sense because these mountains are so treacherous that it's a good reminder for people not to go wandering by themselves. Not just because, you know, you might run into an evil spirit, but you really shouldn't be wandering around these places by yourself. It is no surprise that this mountain has come to be known as the most haunted mountain range in America. So because of the way like the landscape is there, the mountain is kind of like dotted with these caves and the caves are often what drives a lot of these stories people have been known to enter the caves and never return from them there are creatures that are rumored to live in the caves so if you go in there you'll like wake something up and it'll get you or come out or you know Mm -hmm. and there's even stories of lost treasure from the gold rush in these caves 
So <laughs> it's like you roll a dice. You might get gold. You might get eaten. You might go missing. You know, <laughs> it's a, a high risk, high reward thing going into these caves. So I found this really interesting story from a search and rescue officer who he actually shared a few stories online who did a lot of work in the Superstition Mountains. This search and rescue officer was called to find a missing man. He'd gone missing when he was up in the mountains on a hike or a climb. This is just one of the many, many ghost stories on the mountain. And I'll read it out to you now. I was teamed up with another search and rescue officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when he was supposed to. And we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get to where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevice with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days and his legs were obviously infected. We were able to get him in a chopper and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine and when he'd gotten to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment and he was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. Uh... Yeah, yeah, my, my reaction exactly. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he had fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible muffled screams. That story bothered the hell out of me. I'm glad I wasn't there to hear it. Like, that's a freaky as hell. So he just, he saw this thing with no face. With no face. But the description's weird. Like, you'd think if somebody was making up a story like that, they'd describe, like, an old prospector or maybe even, like, a native. But to describe someone with a parka and ski pants? <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. But it's a very weird story. And that guy, like, basically almost didn't survive. So there's a high chance he could have died on that mountain range. And no one would have known why. They just would have assumed he fell. But, like... He was trying to escape whatever the heck this thing was, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't sound convinced. That was a very skeptical... <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Hmm. <laughs> I mean... Hmm. <laughs> oh, I can already tell you're going to you're gonna be uh, very rough on this, no, uh, like, this no. case. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> so this is actually a very common story. A few people have said they've seen this faceless man, like, really high up in the mountains. Like, somewhere that is very hard to get to without climbing equipment. Some locals reckon that this man is actually a flesh pedestrian that's all i'll say and not actually like a lost spirit okay which would make sense from like the noises that you heard when when he was stuck in the crevice very terrifying i wouldn't like to encounter that myself the idea of somebody not having a face is, is really scary it is we saw one of those on the weekend we did <laughs> we actually did but it was in a, a horror maze yes <laughs> that was terrifying that was very like slender man looking it was twisted face yeah anyway there have been many other reports of sightings of old prospector looking ghosts as well still out like looking for his gold uh, some people... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, the cat just jumped on my back. That scared the life out of me. What are you doing? <laughs> you terrified me there. Some people will see him from a distance, like this old prospector still digging around in the ground. And once they get closer, he disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very common ghost to see up in the area. I feel like that's something that people would expect to see, you know? Yeah. So here's another terrifying tale from the same search and rescue officer. One of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved with the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large rotted log. She was missing her shoes and pack and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries and we were able to get her to walk with us back to the base. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking us why that big man with black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to the base, the more agitated this woman got. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling. 
saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deep. It was almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. We were within sight of the base ops when the woman turns to me and her eyes are about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, He says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's hidden under my collar and I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear this weird coughing right in my ear. I was just about to jump out of my skin and I hustled her to the ops, trying not to show her how freaked out I was. But I have to say, I was really happy when we left the area that night. So that's kind of another weird one. So she started screaming at something and then they both yeah. heard it? They heard like coughing noises. Yeah, like yeah. a deep coughing noise. I don't like Very strange. Yeah. You don't like that? No. And then he heard it right in his ear? Yeah, that, that well, that's unpleasant if you know where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean like, yeah, exactly. I don't like anyone coughing in my ear alive, <laughs> let alone a dead person coughing in my ear or a spirit coughing in my ear. That's not a pleasant thing to experience. No, it's very rude. <laughs> like search and rescue is hard enough job without having to worry about supernatural creatures coming <laughs> after you too. Yeah. <laughs> this guy had like a bunch of weird stories, but these ones kind of stood out to me a bit. And it was nice to get some like first-hand stories about the mountains. Mm -hmm. So, according to some sources, more than 600 people have died in and around the Superstition Mountains. And that's just since they started actually cataloging the deaths there. Uh, with the majority of them dying and disappearing while looking for the Dutchman's lost treasure. Oh, this no. is something that I think you'll really like. <laughs> you know me. This is probably the most famous story to come out of the Superstition Mountains. And unfortunately, people still die to this day trying to find this treasure. Like I said earlier, this mountain has a lot of caves and God knows what else up there. So once you add in the heat, because it gets very, very hot up there, the rocky terrain, this place is basically a death trap, yeah. like a shiny gold death trap <laughs> up there. And now we have this story where there's lost treasure and you know everyone's going up trying to find it, not really realizing just how dangerous those mountains are. Because even from the picture I sent you, like they don't look too crazy, you know? I mean, there's n nothing, like I'm aware because, you know, I've seen pictures before and I'm aware of, like, big things. There's nothing yeah. in the background of this picture with the rest of the stuff to give it any sense of scale. Yeah, that's true. Which is normally, like normally what, <laughs> like, you know, goes like, this could be very big. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it is huge, though, and it's um, extremely dangerous. So to give you the full story of the Lost Dutchman's treasure. So for more than 120 years, the legend of the Lost Dutchman mine has been told repeatedly, uh, growing a proportion to such an extent that some claim the entire legend is just a myth, but there are thousands of others who, who think that it's real and are still looking for it to this day. Mm -hmm. So the whole story is when the Spanish arrived in the area, the region was inhabited by the Apaches, who considered Superstition Mountain sacred ground, and it was the home of their thunder god. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm pretty sure there's a story that you can actually see the face of the god in the stonework. I couldn't really find anything about it online, but I'm pretty sure I heard that before somewhere else. Okay, that's cool. It's, it is very hard to find anything about the Apache lore or folklore of the area online. It was really, really difficult. So if anybody's listening to this and, and knows more, please send us an email or something, because I would really love to read more about this. Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to find any good source for it. The Spanish learned from the Apache that the range did have gold in it and you know the Spaniards being Spaniards they were they were dead set on getting this gold and the Apache refused to help them didn't tell them where it was or where to find it telling them that if they did trespass 
onto the sacred ground, the Thunder God would get revenge on them and cause tremendous suffering and death. And the Apache called the Superstition Mountain the Devil's Playground. So already, like, I think that's a pretty good warning not to go near it. Yeah. But the Spanish were determined to find this gold and they began to explore. And almost immediately, the men began to mysteriously vanish. And it got so bad that they were given warnings not, not to stray a few feet from the rest of the group. Because, like, you have to remember that there is caves. There's also holes in the ground. You know, you can step a few feet either side and fall down and disappear, you know? It's a very dangerous terrain. I almost did that up in the commerce one time. Really? Well, not God. not like disappear, but like, yeah, between two big You nearly b- fell into rocks. a hole. Yeah, no, oh, but like man. a serious one. Like Really? Oh, that's terrifying. As in, I no, would, I couldn't do it, that. Would, it would have been taller than me. Not like a chasm forever, but like... Oh, big. right. I, I was picturing like a drop down the mountain no, or no, something. thank Christ. <laughs> more and more men started disappearing, uh, only to be found later dead, with their bodies mutilated and their heads cut off. Some people even believe that this is where the myth for El Dorado comes from because it's all about finding this gold and, uh. you know, this, this gold city. So eventually with all the deaths and stuff, the, the Spanish had to kind of stop their search for the gold. They didn't find anything and too many people were dying. So they, they ended up leaving the area. Abandoned. And during the 1840s, the Peralta family of North Mexico supposedly developed rich gold mines in the Superstition Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, their last expedition was to carry gold back to Mexico. And this was in 1848. And according to the legend... The large party was ambushed by the Apaches, and they were all killed except for one or two Peralta family members who escaped into Mexico. That area to this day is known as the Massacre Grounds. The Massacre Grounds? Yeah, where this this slaughter happened. And in the 1870s, Jacob Waltz was said to have located the mine through the aid of one of the Peralta's descendants. So Jacob Waltz is actually where we get the the name The Lost Dutchman's Mine from. Mm -hmm. Even though he was actually German. It's really funny. Apparently, it was actually a mistranslation of Deutsch, which means German. I just think that's kind of funny. So it's just, it's still known, it's still known as The Lost Dutchman's Mine, even though he was German. That would be really annoying for him as well. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I mean, he has like, it's named after him, just incorrectly. I mean, I'd be furious. Imagine if it was like (laughs) the lost Britain's mine. I'd be like, no. (laughs) It's Britney, (laughs) My ghost would seek revenge. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Waltz and his partner, Jacob Weiser, uh, worked the mine and they allegedly hid some of the gold in a cache in the superstitions. Most of the stories placed the gold in the vicinity of Weaver's Needle, which is like a known landmark in the area and Jacob Weiser uh, was apparently killed by Apaches or according to some people he was actually killed by Waltz the guy he was digging the gold with so they kind of had like this spat over the gold and one of them killed the other one you know that kind of sounds more likely to me Mm -hmm. so Jacob Waltz actually survived but he kind of had like declining health he never made it back up to find the gold that they they left there and he moved to Phoenix and he died some 20 years later in 1891 but he supposedly described the mine's location to Julia Thomas who was a neighbor who took care of him while he was sick yeah she kind of went with other people over the years to seek it but they were never able to find it they never really located the lost Dutchman's mine so this kind of sparked a lot of people going up there looking for it like people to this day are trying to figure out where he buried this cache. Yeah, it feels a bit like Crotty's cave to me, Kaylee. Oh yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody listening, we have like a very similar story. We had well, not very similar, but similar enough. We had a highwayman who like would rob coaches and stuff and buried his treasure up in the mountains. And 
I don't even think that many people really go looking for Crotty's no. treasure. Yeah, this is, it's very similar, but it's very like gold rush era, you know, looking for the gold yeah. in the mountains. I, I, love, I love it. I don't think anyone's still looking for Crotty's treasure. Not that I know of. Not that I'm aware of. Those mountains aren't like no. crazy big though. And it also doesn't get like really hot up there. No. <laughs> there is a good source of water up there too. There is. But so many people go missing looking for this gold. And like, who can blame them? It actually sounds like such a fun adventure to go wandering the mountains looking for lost gold mine. Like the mine is supposed to be cursed as well. So some people reckon that this is why it's never officially been found and why so many people die looking for it. That they do find it and they just like... They die. Yeah. Mm. But the whole area of the Superstition Mountains is supposed to be cursed. Like the Apache said, it's their sacred ground. So anybody who goes there, you know, with like ill intentions. I mean, suppose go- looking for gold is kind of like, that's not good intentions. You know, you're not no. going there for anything spiritual. You're going for s- selfish reasons. And I'm so. going to dig up the ground. I'm going to destroy. You're going to desecrate the sacred ground pretty much. Mm. So I'm going to list a few of the deaths that happen on the mountain. I can't list all of them because there are so many. So I'll just list some of the yeah, most th- recent This episode ones. is going to be like eight hours long. Yeah. <laughs> roll, it, would roll be, call. it would be longer. It would be longer, honestly. So in 2010, three men all went missing at the same time while looking for the treasure. Curtis Merworth, Airdeen Charles, and Malcolm Meeks. They were friends and they were considered gold crazy by their families. Uh, they had been rescued while hunting this treasure from the mountains only a year before their deaths. The skeletal remains of Charles and Meeks were eventually found by another treasure hunter five months after they went missing. And one week later, the skeletal remains of Mirrorworth was found by the Superstition search and rescue team about half a mile away, resting under a tree. It was widely suspected that the trio died in the heat because it was July and it's Arizona. So it was very, very hot. Imagine, Katie, imagine going looking for like looking for treasure. You don't find treasure. But what you do find is the remains of another treasure hunter. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's terrifying. That what is do really we do scary. With that? I think you just you, well, obviously you report it and like, <laughs> but you just go home and never look for treasure that, again. I, I, right. That's what I would, you know. <laughs> You'd have to. I mean, that would be traumatizing in itself, really. In 2011, six people died in a plane crash in the soups. It's the soups. The soups is like the local name for the mountains, mm-hmm. by the way. So if you hear me say the soups, it's Superstition Mountains. That was three children, their father and two adults who were killed on one day. And it was a, in, on Thanksgiving. So it was a horrible tragedy. In 2012... An avid hiker, Kenneth Clark from Michigan, died while hiking in the mountains. The medical examiner later ruled that he had died from dehydration and heat stroke, which is a very common occurrence here. In 2012 again, Robert Byton, an elderly man in his 70s, died while hiking in the soups. In 2013, the body of Eric Fernandez was found in the mountains by a hiker with an unknown cause of death. In 2014, a man died hiking in the mountains. The cause of death was most likely natural causes and no foul play was suspected. In 2015, Elizabeth Schwartz, a 65-year-old resident of Los Angeles, died while hiking after collapsing on the trail. She and her husband had been hiking for nearly 10 hours before she collapsed. The couple said they had been experienced hikers and had plenty of water. No foul play was suspected. In 2015, again, two men in a medical helicopter died after crashing into the mountains. The medical helicopter crashed? Yep. Fuck. A third man was injured and went to hospital where he survived. The helicopter crashed for unknown reasons. Oh. This is like a really common thing, like strangely common. In 2016, an unnamed hiker went missing in the mountains and was later discovered deceased. Uh, His cause of death is also unknown. In 2016 again, Anthony Quatella died from heat-related conditions while hiking. On the day he died, it had hit 111 degrees, which is roughly 43 degrees Celsius, wow. which is very, very hot. 
I would not be able to... I don't think I'd be able to leave my house, let alone go for a hike. Yeah, you wouldn't catch me outside. Uh, He and his friends had run out of water. Uh, His friend also suffered from heat-related conditions, but he survived. Just wild. I I feel so sorry for them. In 2018, an unnamed man died hiking with a Boy Scout group in the (sighs) mountains. Near the end of the trail, he started having trouble breathing and collapsed. And the cause of death was most likely heart attack or heat exhaustion. In 2021, a New Jersey man died on the Black Mesa Trail inside the soups after hiking all day with his girlfriend. She survived despite experiencing heat-related issues and collapsing herself. In 2022, a 21-year-old man camping at the top near Flatiron died after falling off Flatiron while taking a picture. He fell more than 700 feet. Holy shit. Yeah, that's horrifying. And in 2023, this is the most recent, a plane carrying two people crashed into the superstitions killing both men on board. It took off near Falconfield Airport in Mesa. The cause of the plane crash is still under investigation. So no known cause as to why it crashed into it. Really terrifying. Like that is so, so many people died in just like 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, Junie Mac. Yeah. So even experienced hikers have trouble on this mountain. The amount of plane crashes is also shocking to hear. Like I can't believe so many planes crash into one mountain range. Yeah. It is very mysterious. And like, no matter what way you look at it, there's something weird happening there. So one of the other legends in the mountain that I find very interesting is about portals. This goes back to like native tribes that lived in the area. They have many stories of portals opening up in the mountains and people coming in and out of them. They have stories about portals where their gods would come in and out of them, the thunder god. So it's, it's kind of like this reoccurring thing. And these portals have been witnessed by people even to this day. It's very hard to find any accounts online about it, um, but there was one story I read about a prospector who used to travel the mountains like frequently in the 50s. Mm-hmm. He encountered a few portals in his time in the mountains, and he said that he would kind of keep his distance at first, like he'd see them from a distance and really kind of think nothing of it, just like this circle-looking thing. What, like like a shimmer or, or what? I, I, like- yeah, I assume it was like a shimmer, like it kind of just like looked warped inside okay. of this circle. And he kind of built up the courage to eventually get a little bit closer and he started to throw rocks through them. So he'd pick up a rock and throw it and it would just disappear. Like it wouldn't come out the other side. The rocks were just disappearing into this portal. Okay, but like also he's able to get close to it. It's not like a heat haze where it's like just your distance causing. No, no, he got close to it. So it's it's staying put as like an object. That's weird. Yeah, like he was considering jumping through the portal himself. Like he was going to test this out. But um... (laughs) What he was going to do was he was going to get a chicken on a string and he was going to throw the chicken into the portal and then pull it back out again by the string and see if it was still alive so that he could then jump in himself. You know, he knew that he wouldn't die if he jumped in, but he never actually encountered one again after that point. So Uh he was like carrying this chicken on a string for no reason (laughs) walking around (laughs) the mountains. I just thought that was an interesting story. And I think it's kind of believable because that's what I would probably do. (laughs) If I was encountering these portals. Take chicken precautions. Just use chicken fodder. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's just so many weird things in this mountain, man. I would I would be really interested if anybody listening has ever encountered anything in these mountains because there's some really, really cool stories out there. Along with the portals, people have often reported missing time in the mountains or like time skips. Mm-hmm. Like so... Some people will, they could be out there for like two hours and then they check their watch and suddenly it's been eight hours or the opposite. Like they'll go on a trail that normally takes four hours and they'll get there in two, which doesn't really make any sense because, you you know, you can only walk so fast. Yeah, you shouldn't be crossing that much land that quick. Yeah. 
And some people think that it has stuff to do with the portals. Ah, you're just accidentally going through one. Something like that, yeah. Or it's like messing with, um, you know, time. Like there's, you know, I don't know how time works. Time waves, it's slowing them down. Yeah, how does time work, Kelly? I don't know. I'm, I'm a paranormal podcast host, not a scientist. <laughs> Which leads us to, drumroll, the strange lights in the sky. Oh, excellent. Love them. Yep. So strange lights in the sky over the Superstition Mountains is a nightly occurrence. Apparently it's just so common that you can just sit out there and watch them. It's like really, really close to Phoenix. Mm. Um, and Phoenix is famous for the Phoenix Lights yeah. incident, which we covered before in the podcast, when the whole city, even the mayor, spotted lights flying over the city in a triangular formation. But the Superstition Mountains is also just like, it's a hot spot for UFO sightings. You can go out there and pretty much guarantee that you'll see something in the sky moving. I tried to see, because I tried mapping out where the Phoenix Lights, what direction it came from to see if I could see anything about it coming from the Superstition Mountains, but I couldn't actually find like a proper trail of where the lights came from and went to. Yeah. Uh, it does appear that they came from the east, which is like the Superstition Mountain location, but I don't think anybody actually recorded seeing it in that area, so I can't say for certain, but it's strange. It is very strange. Mm. You can even go on tours with like night vision goggles so that you can see them at night and uh, you can like watch the lights zooming around with the with the uh, night vision goggles. Oh, so like they just, they just get picked up better or? Yeah, you can see it better. You can see the lights better with it because mm-hmm. it's like the UV lights or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know how it works. <laughs> it seems like the coolest place ever to go camping and simultaneously the worst place ever to go camping. <laughs> or just commit. It's, it's a good place. It's, like, you know, it's a vibe. You'd have to be really prepared. You'd, you'd have to be with somebody who knows the area as well because I know I would like set up my tent and then go to step in it and accidentally build my tent over a cave and fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be dead. I'd 100% be dead. You could discover the... Imagine <laughs> I build my tent over the gold mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to visit sometime. Like It really does seem like a paranormal normal enthusiasts dream holiday but at the same time i would 100% die of heat exhaustion and snake bites i'm yeah this ginger pale irish person who has seen the sun maybe twice in my life yeah <laughs> i'd be dead <laughs> uh it looks so cool though what do you think of the superstition mountains ashin you think it's a really paranormal place or what's your opinion of it You've told me so many things about it. It's like, it seems to be a bit of a hot spot. Yeah. Oh, I also forgot to mention as well, in Apache folklore, it is believed that there is a hole in the Superstition Mountains where you could, it leads to hell. Oh, just Or like the center hell, of the earth. Like whatever. it just drops you straight down. Yeah. Interest. Yeah. So it, it's... The history goes back such a long time that that's what makes it so interesting to me. Do you think the gold, do you think the gold is out there, for starters? <sighs> So many stories of lost gold, Kaylee. But yeah. I'm kind of wondering, is this like one of the origin ones? There might be something there. Like if the place is so big. I will say they have found gold there before yes. as well. So, but is it like a cat? You were saying they hid some of the gold as opposed to it being like an actual gold mine? Uh, well, it's called the the Dutchman's Lost Mine or so something like that. So it's a like hidden that. mine. So I assume okay. there is a mine there as well, but they did, they did hide a cache gold. of gold. Okay. Too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with that logic, then probably that's the thing. Yeah. Are there some basis for like whatever superstition or whatever urban legend has become of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, if somebody did go up and find the gold, like, you're not going to tell anyone you found it either. No. <laughs> you're going to just take it and leave. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Because somebody, somebody's going to be like, no, that's my gold, you know? Yeah. So even if somebody did find it, we'd never know. Uh, some people are in it for the fortune. Some people are in it for the glory. That's true. That is true. 
what do you think of the paranormal stuff? Do you think it's like just this particularly hot spot for paranormal things? It, it uh, might be. Because so, it goes back so long, you know? It does. You know, I, I, I don't feel well equipped to talk about like traditions and stuff. Yeah. But anything built on top of that sort of lore seems that like if you're out on your own and you come with like a preloaded knowledge or like a, oh, I might see some things. I feel like you're more inclined to see them. I'm not saying that it's made up as a result of that or not. Yeah. But um, there's that. But over such a big place and so many people, it, it, it is like there's definitely some stuff I'm sure is unknown. Uh, and that, yeah. you know, that's akin to paranormal. For lights in the sky, I mean, I'm, I'm always a fan of lights in the sky. From the episode we did on the Phoenix Lights, I, there is, I'm not sure how close it is to these mountains, but there is a military base in the area. There is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, at some point. There is, yeah. I think there is a, a, a military base fairly close to where this is, because this is like really close to Phoenix. Yeah. Like, I think it's only like a 40 minute drive. So as the crow flies, it's pretty, pretty close. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we all know, military bases are there because of the alien uh, invaders in the sky. <laughs> so uh, make it that what you yeah. will. Uh, the, the thing, and we have, I'm not sure if we've talked about them before, but portals, I really don't know what to make of portals. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. This is the only time, because re- I read about this years ago and I couldn't find the source that I read about a long time ago about the portals. Mm. But there is an awful lot more to it. So maybe Portals could could even do its own episode at yeah. some, some stage because It'd be good to do it is a, a fascinating topic. Because I do believe that, like, scientifically, there is a possibility of tears, you know, in, like, time or space. Sure. No, but it is possible. Like, it's uh, not something that we can create. But, I mean, even on a black hole, like, that's what that yeah. is, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Science gets weird at extremes. It does, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that's something that's definitely worth its own deep dive, but I would love to go here. And like I said during the podcast, if anybody listening has any stories from the area or knows anybody or any stories, send them in to us because I actually really would be interested in reading them myself. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to get I had a lot of sources for this. There's so many claims, but like so little to, to back it up um, that I could find. So I, I would really love to visit the area and take a look at it myself, to be honest. It just um, seems like a really cool place to go. But again, that's how people go missing. Yeah, we're just putting <laughs> so, another pin in like the Great American Road road tour yeah. map. Just Yeah, exactly. Maybe this this podcast will show up on the Netflix documentary where I go missing <laughs> in the yeah. mountains. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make so much money off that. <laughs> you better make up a load of shit and just make it seem like I was doing something weird up there. Sure. <laughs> really, I just got bitten by a snake and fell into a hole. <laughs> That's everything we have for this week. I hope you are enjoying your Halloween if you're listening to this on Halloween day. Yes. And if it's after, I hope you had a good Halloween. That's everything we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.